Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. It's very clear. Our love is here to stay. Not for all year, but ever and a day. This week is the final part in our series on Islam with Dr. Stuart Robinson, who's been researching Islam for 43 years now and lived in a predominantly Muslim country in Southeast Asia for a number of years with his wife, adopting their culture and reaching out to them. One thing that's come up in our discussion is how imperceivable it is, not only for Muslims, but for other religions, to imagine that eternal life could be a free gift, that it's something we can't work for. Stuart, I read in a magazine a while back about a Buddhist woman. Now, I know their beliefs are just miles apart, but when this Buddhist woman said she had discovered that eternal life was a free gift, she wanted that. Would that just have no relevance to the Muslim thinking mind? No, the Muslim, uh, of course, for him, Allah is the first uh, determinist cause of all things. Allah causes everything to happen. That is his worldview. Nothing is free. We are the slaves of Allah. That is one of the meanings in Islam, and, and they'll refer to themselves as Allah's slaves, the name Abdullah which you often hear, Arabic means uh, a slave of Allah. And so when it comes to matters of eternal uh, destiny, the only ones who can ever be sure of uh, a better life in the next life are those who have died as martyrs in declared military jihad, uh, which is a huge uh, recruiting mechanism for, uh, say, Muslim warfare. Because these guys who die in jihad, uh, they know that they are assured of uh, reaching, shall we use the Christian term, heaven, and uh, they'll be have the 70, 72 permanent black-eyed uh, virgins uh, there for their pleasure and uh, rivers flowing with wine, etc. All of those things they're denied down here. But for everybody else, it doesn't matter how good you are, in fact, one Muslim said to me recently, he knew, he was taught, you can keep all the laws, everything, the hundreds of them, and break just one, and you can be damned, which, of course, uh, there's a similar teaching, actually, in the book of James uh, in the New Testament. So there was a study done in the Flinders University by a Muslim scholar, and it demonstrated that um, as Muslims age, they become more and more fearful because they know They've got to face up to judgment. And that judgment is that uh, on the day of judgment, which, which happens after Jesus uh, returns, and he will be uh, the judge of the world, or other things that the Muslim Jesus will do is to destroy all crosses and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but a Muslim then is invited. He'll be given a book uh, in his hand. And uh, this is the book of life, because on each person's uh, we have a, a, a what we call jinn, the, the angelic-like figures, one on our left shoulder, one on our right, recording all that we do and say. And if the good outweighs the bad, then the book will be given to you in your right hand, so you've got a hope. If it's given in your left hand, you're finished right there. But if you've got a hope, you are then invited to cross over, from a Christian perspective, you'd say Gehenna. It's the fires of hell down below, and you have to cross over 
a bridge which is as uh, narrow as a thread and sharp as a sword. If you cross over and pass that test on the other side, Allah can still damn you to hell and you've got no comeback on that. So nobody ever knows what their future is going to be. And, and I mean, when you come along with a Christian message saying uh, that, you know, it, it, salvation is not through works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift from God. It's dependent on faith. This is revolutionary uh, when you're struggling with all the fears that are naturally part of the Islamic uh, faith. And it, it comes as a huge shock. And it, at first it's so difficult for them to understand the enormity, the immensity of the truth of this. But it's very liberating when, they, when it does click. Wow. Always keep in mind when relating to Muslims that they are not our enemies. They are normal people like you and I. They have the same hopes, the same expectations that we do, and they want to live in peace, and they want their children to succeed at school, and, and all these sorts of things. These are people whom God loves, and I love them too. It's not the people, it's the ideology of Islam, which is where the real danger is. And that ideology, when taken up and fertilized, is what turns what are called moderates into extremists and, and the dangers emerge. So if you can keep that in your mind, uh, I often say to myself, uh, by the background of the way in which the message of Islam comes, these people have been seriously, spiritually deceived. That being of light, who was the messenger to Muhammad, exactly who was he? Uh, Muslims will claim it was the Archangel Gabriel. But the message which came, of course, is in huge contradistinction to the message which was already recorded in uh, for the Jewish people in the Old Testament, for Christians in the New Testament. Would an Archangel of God, by the name of Gabriel, actually uh, bring a message which demolishes the historicity of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus? Would he ever contradict the already immutable word of God? I don't think an archangel could possibly do that and live. So therefore, it needs to be reconsidered just who was this person. Mm. And of course, the Bible carries its own meanings of someone else uh, who is on the darkened fringes of history, who from time to time appears as an angel of light. Mm. So these people... Uh, from my perspective, have been seriously deceived. And uh, they need to be freed and come into an understanding of the light of the truth such as the Bible contains. It's, it's not their fault that they are like they are, and we need to always appreciate that. And there's one thing that each of us can do, and that's pray. Yes, we certainly can. Uh, Again, the, the evidence is outstanding there from my own experience and studies, the powerful effects of prayer. We must never forget that above all, this is not a military, economic, cultural uh, conflict. It is a spiritual conflict. And uh, the Apostle Paul is very, very definite on these matters in Ephesians 6 and elsewhere that we have to use spiritual weapons ultimately to, to disarm spiritual powers before the victory can be ours. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk 
by your side I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me I can only imagine 